Welcome to Manners and Madness, a Jane Austen and David Lynch podcast. My name is Maya Adkins. And I'm Christian Cabrera. And today is our return to our scholarly podcast roots. We are covering <laughs> Pride and Prejudice, the book, chapters one through nine. Oh my gosh, it's like the Twin Peaks of the Jane Austen world. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The most popular, the most like core to the most idea. Known. Most known. <laughs> it is, yes, exactly. A perfect comparison. <laughs> Uh, and I'm very excited. I, I, I had already done the recap, but I was re-listening to it just before we started. And mm. I was like, you know, there's just so much going on to think about in these <laughs> first nine chapters. <laughs> oh, yeah. I uh, was kind of, um, I was not shocked, not taken aback, but just kind of like, oh, wow. She's like, once we get the ball rolling, it's rolling. Like, we're like, all right, this is happening. This is happening. This is happening. I know. I love it. I love it, though. And I found myself chuckling and laughing to myself so much. I was like, is this her funniest book? (laughs) (laughs) She's just naturally funny. And I feel like her younger stuff is just, like, really, she's just at her most, like, I don't even know what. Almost, like, carefree, where she's, like, I'm just kind of writing how I feel. Is that that's kind of vibe I get? Yeah. Like, she's not thinking about like, oh, I should, you know, think about everybody's feelings and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, which I, <laughs> I don't know if she does end up in like persuasion or something doing that. But like, there's not as much perspective on like how the things you say mm-hmm. make... I feel like everyone is so young in this book. Like, I was just... Oh, yeah. Even, like, the Bennets are, are seem young. I'm like, there are no adults in this book. No. I feel <laughs> no. like Charlotte Lucas is the most adult of anyone in this oh, book. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, and that's, like, so evident in her conversation with Lizzie in these chapters. Like, she's the most <laughs> adult, most grown-up, most realistic... Yeah. <laughs> ...out of every single person in this book. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny to be like see how bare bones the book is compared to like the adaptations because you get to chapter three and you're like this is like a fifth of the way through any adaptation (laughs) (laughs) i know i was like oh my god the assembly we're already done with it (laughs) and you don't even meet elizabeth for like for at least three chapters and it's just it's really interesting to read it I mean, not that I haven't read it before, but to, like, really look at it as opposed to just let it wash over me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Especially, like, when, you know, we've done the two big adaptations of it. True. And we've kind of had other adaptations of it thrown our way. You kind of have this idea, at least I did in my head, of, like, okay, well, this is how the story goes. This must be how the story goes. And it's, like, oh, it's different in such a, not, like, a good or bad way. It's just different. Yeah. In a way that is like fun. Yeah. And it's interesting to see people's motivations through mm-hmm. the way Jane Austen writes, as opposed to like an adaptation where you're um, doing your interpretation, especially like Caroline right. Bingley. I was having some really interesting thoughts about her yeah. during this reading. <laughs> yeah. That, that was also very interesting is like the whole Bingley situation is like, it's different than it is in the movies. Uh huh. And I feel like I am kind of reacting to Caroline Bingley in a different way. I feel like in the adaptations, at least in the movie, I'm always like, I love her. She's so bitchy and so fun. <laughs> and then in the book, you're just kind. Of, I I finding myself being like, I kind of don't care about her. <laughs> She's well. I was like, man, I could just see your insecurities so Mm -hmm. clearly written across you it's like you can see from like this moment is what made this moment happen and this moment right (laughs) yeah that's a good way to put it because it's just like i don't know it's just so much more apparent how like how much of a suck up she is to darcy in the book (laughs) and it's just like likes him how much of a crush she has on him yeah but it's like in the most annoying way possible like you can't just be like oh she just likes him so much she's just like shut up caroline no one's yeah. really listening to you anyways yeah which is unfortunate. And you can see how everyone is embarrassed <laughs> by their relations but then mm-hmm. also like sometimes you're like oh well she's not really 
as rude as the way they portrayed her in this scene in this mm-hmm. adaptation you know like which oh, i always yeah. find when we read the books it's like that's i mean i see for the like brevity of doing an mm-hmm. adaptation you gotta like oh, here's your character we're just gonna show it from the get-go right. but like well even <laughs> like looking at well the source material is actually written during the time that it was taking place and so you have like all these social mannerisms and what's acceptable etiquette and you know i feel like the book is very much like yeah she's a bitch but like a nice bitch and she's very (laughs) polite outwardly and that's how you had to be that's how that's how you were rude not like in the movies where she can be very mean apparently (laughs) right (laughs) so but i am really enjoying it i had so much fun reading just these first nine chapters (laughs) I also was like, I feel like this book should be called Pride and Prejudice and Perceptions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because there's Bum. a lot of like <laughs> feeling a certain way, but like you can tell you're all you're you know, like and it's just it's the same thing that happens today with everybody, you know, like you feel like everybody's thinking a certain way of you, but you're the only one thinking that like, it's all yep. about your perception of how but everybody's thinking about <laughs> themselves. So yeah, it's really interesting. <laughs> well, it's like, you know, my Jane Austen book through line is if anyone, if everyone was just honest, this book would be like 10 chapters long <laughs> and it would be done. <laughs> yeah, but nobody's honest at all in real of life. Of course, of course. <laughs> uh, we have to have a story. We have to have drama. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, do we want to do a notes section or do we want to try to incorporate it into the recaps? Because we're doing a little differently than we have in the past. Yeah, I would say let's I the way I kind of did mine, maybe we include it in the recaps. Okay, just kind of like we'll kind of go chapter by chapter, kind of give like a little blurb on what's going on in the chapter and then anything we want to talk about whether it's like story-wise or like fun facts or blurbs that we found out in the meanwhile i think that sounds great (laughs) perfect perfect Let's just jump into chapter one then. Let's do it. I'm so excited. (laughs) We split it up so that I am doing the odds and Christian is doing the evens and we'll give like a one to two sentence blurb on the contents of the chapter. Kind of, I was a little bit inspired by Reclaiming Jane, their podcast. They, um, they'll read a section and Mm -hmm. then they'll try to sum it up in 30 seconds, but I don't want to do that specifically but i figure we can <laughs> just say like a, a sentence or two so anyway uh, we'll see how that goes <laughs> yeah i have to go go well. so i get the first chapter okay mrs bennett tries to convince mr bennett to visit mr bingley the new renter of netherfield park mr mr bennett flirts with and teases his wife in response <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, after our initial conversation about every character in this book, children. They act like children. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Even Mr. Bennett. And I feel yep. like their relationship, I feel like Mrs. Bennett always comes across as more annoying in mm-hmm. adaptations. Although I feel like in the movie with Brenda Blethyn, she's not really as bad. But mm-hmm. more so than I feel like she comes across in the book to me <laughs> yeah yeah i really like mrs i mrs bennett in the adaptations is typically not my favorite because she, <laughs> she's like so you shrill. said yeah she just comes on way too strong and is so like overimposing about getting married and it's very annoying but in the book it's like she's ridiculous in a different way like she's just like the mom that you like kind of like all right mom whatever like roll your eyes out like you're so <laughs> ridiculous she's like the young mom too yes <laughs> even though yes. she has five kids <laughs> <laughs> yes this chapter opens with i guess the most famous mm-hmm. book quote of all time <laughs> <laughs> perhaps 
Um, it is a truth universally acknowledged that a single man in possession of a good fortune must be in want of a wife. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably been used in every single adaptation and multiple <laughs> other movies, you know. Totally. Even, even my book refers to it as the famous opening line with wonderful economy. <laughs> <laughs> I also noticed in comparison to the other books that we've done, this one does not start with a sum up of the family, which yes, Persuasion did, Northanger Abbey did, and Sensibility did. waiting for it. <laughs> yeah, this yeah, it is uh, structurally a very different book than the other ones we've read because like you said we don't really beat elizabeth till a few chapters in and <laughs> we kind of start with the parents so it's almost like i like the idea that the entire bennett family is sort of the main character quote unquote. Uh-huh. i really like that because i feel like to give them all such cartoonish characteristics for that time at least cartoonish it's really fun and you get to have yeah. some different ridiculousness it almost like opens like it's a sketch like yes and then she starts filling it out as it goes along but it's like Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know like an improv (laughs) sketch or something to start with (laughs) i love that let's see did you have any i have a few more little thing notes that i made but unless you want to jump in there well i have i have the annotated copy and they kind of will go into like detail on certain items and is it Michaelmas or Michaelmas? Michaelmas. Michaelmas. Okay. Uh, the British. <laughs> Jane Austen's favorite holiday. <laughs> well, it kind of like gave like a little bit of an extended blurb about it. Uh, it's on September 29th, and it's one of the four days throughout the year that divide it into quarters. The other three were Christmas, Lady Day, and Midsummer Day. Lady Day. <laughs> <laughs> Lady Day was March 25th. <laughs> I've never heard of Lady Day before. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just made me laugh. <laughs> I mostly, when I was going through, wrote down quotes because I had certain lines that I was like, this must be said. Like, yes. <laughs> I really like, it is very likely that he may fall in love with one of them. <laughs> when she's talking about <laughs> Mr. Bingley. I'm like, very likely that he may. That is the way I would talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's probably <laughs> definitely going to happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, oh, oh go yeah. ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I also wrote down, they were talking about the Lucases and how they were going to go mm-hmm. visit Mr. Bingley. And I thought it was just an interesting that she said, in general, you know, they visit no newcomers. Mm-hmm. And we do learn a little bit about them, which I find interesting. I don't think it's in this chapter per se, but. Mm-hmm. I think it's in one of the later ones. What were you going to say? I did have a question that I don't think my book answered. Um, I noticed that Mrs. Bennett refers to Mr. Bennett as Mr. Bennett. She doesn't, like, call him any pet names or anything like that. Is that normal? I've, I've not noticed it. I didn't know if you knew I anything about that. I think it, at least, I think it must be because I don't remember. I think even in, like, um, Emma, which, mm-hmm. you know, we've just seen adaptations of, but I'm pretty sure there's a part near the end where she's like, I can't call you anything but Mr. Mr. Knightley. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Okay. (laughs) Once we get married, you're going to have to say Mr. Knightley because it's just too weird. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I also wondered if it was like, because it kind of intimates, especially in the adaptations, that maybe Mr. Bennett is a little bit older, like in Mm -hmm. a way where it's maybe more noticeable than Mrs. Bennett. And so maybe it's sort of that kind of thing. But I just was like, oh, I've never noticed that in the adaptations. And I feel like I saw it that one time and every single line, it was like, Mr. Bennett, Mr. Bennett, Mr. Bennett. (laughs) I was like, this is driving me crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he doesn't have any, I mean, besides Papa. Yeah, I was noticing that uh, he he really teases Mrs. Bennett a lot, Mm -hmm. especially this first chapter. And she's just so 
Takes him so literally. (laughs) (laughs) She does. (laughs) And they both have their favorites. Like, she really loves Jane because she's the prettiest and Lydia because Mm -hmm. she is the most good humored, which I think means most like me. (laughs) Yes. She makes me laugh the most because she thinks just like I do. And she's the tallest. And of course... (laughs) She's the tallest. (laughs) Elizabeth is Mr. Bennett's favorite, but Kitty and Mary apparently are no one's favorites. <laughs> well, I did notice, especially reading these chapters, I was like, Kitty and Mary are definitely like, you know, middle child syndrome, like, definitely get looked yep. over. That's why Mary's so good at the piano. <laughs> and poor yep. Kitty has not found her her talent just yet for what she's gonna <laughs> try to get attention from others. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe it's coughing. <laughs> the only real distinguishing characteristic she has. <laughs> exactly. I the the this opening scene though is like I think pretty well recreated in every adaptation. Mm-hmm. It's like exactly where I mean it's such a short little chapter, but it's like mm-hmm. every line of it practically is in every adaptation. <laughs> yeah. And I, I feel like I especially with this one I could picture it in my head especially with the different adaptations we had, it was very clear. But I really like these shorter chapters. I feel like it just makes the reading more fun because we're not, like, stuck in one place for a long time. Right. Personally. I have one other thing. Did you have anything else? No, that was all I had. Okay, I wrote down a quote about Mr. Bennett because, I don't know. Mr. Bennett was so odd a mixture of quick parts, sarcastic humor, reserve, and caprice that the experience of three and 20 years had been insufficient to make his wife understand his character. Her mind was less (laughs) difficult to develop. She was a woman of mean understanding, little information, and uncertain temper. (laughs) She was discontented. She fancied herself nervous. The business of her life was to get her daughters buried. Its solace was visiting and news. <laughs> it's so much harsher on Mrs. Bennett. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, I did notice that. And I like, my book kind of went into like a little blurb about Mr. Bennett, about how sort of like, I don't, and the, this term I'm going to use is probably, it's not the most accurate, but in a way he was a little bit of a quote unquote absent father due to his okay. kind of like, lack of interest in getting them secured for their future and everything it really kind of you know the book kind of harps on mrs bennett about being all these annoying and dramatic and whatever (laughs) but like she's the one who's parenting the girls to get them ready for their futures and mr bennett's kind of just like (laughs) almost not interested which is kind of sad but in a different way she it's not even saying that she's like a bad person it's just saying she mm-hmm. is not educated which right is natural for women not to be educated right. but he really loves learning and he has educated his daughters so that yeah. they are you know they like elizabeth is smart she likes to read i feel like the rest of them could be if they ever took an interest but at least i think he tried to mm-hmm. foster that in them so i feel like oh yeah yeah, they both have their own <laughs> things oh, yeah. that they're good at. Their own triumphs and their own faults when it comes to parenting, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's a bit of a flubberty job out. I love that movie. All right, let's move on to chapter two. You did the sum up of this one. Yes. So my sum up was Mr. Bennett is performing his favorite pastime, toying with Mrs. Bennett. He visits (laughs) Bingley to hopefully set up a future coupling for one of his daughters, allowing Kitty to cough when she chooses. (laughs) (laughs) I love this chapter. (laughs) So funny. (laughs) This one is definitely, it's got, it starts off with that like misdirect where the book is telling you he did this and he didn't tell them until, you know, oh, the Mm -hmm. next day. (laughs) (laughs) Which it's like, you know, really the only person who falls for it is probably like Lydia and Mrs. Bennett. (laughs) <laughs> i'm sure lizzie well, is seems like totally... none of them know he's just like i'm not gonna even mention it until the next night and then i'll right. drop a hint <laughs> uh, it just makes me laugh i love especially that coughing scene i feel like is used quite a bit because it's just so funny yeah that she's like please stop coughing you're making me so nervous 
I know she's just so agitated because she's like, you have to go talk to him. Mrs. Long already <laughs> went and talked to him. And she says that Mrs. Long is a selfish, hypocritical woman, woman and she has no opinion of her, which I thought to be very funny. <laughs> I love that quote. <laughs> I did, uh, my book had a really great quote about the, uh, the line, I have no opinion of her. The that it kind of, you know, it goes back to her suspicions of Mrs. Long not introducing Bingley to the Bennets to save it for her own nieces, and that it has its foundations in the reality mentioned in Mansfield Park, quote-unquote, there certainly are not so many men of large fortune in the world as there are pretty women to deserve them. For sure. (laughs) I just love that little, I love when the connections are made to other books especially when it's about the whole money and marriage. Yeah, yeah. That's really what she loved to write about. <laughs> also, I really liked when Mary uh, Mary wished to say something sensible, but knew not how. <laughs> <laughs> she's, uh, Mary's just trying so hard, but she's just not ready. <laughs> if only she hung out with Lizzie more. <laughs> She could form her words. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Everyone just ignored her so much that she just spent all her time reading and practicing. She was like, I'm not the prettiest one. I'm not the most loved. I gotta stand out somehow. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotta do something. I also wrote down Mr. Bennett when he finally spills the beans. The astonishment of the ladies was just what he wished. So, you know, he was, he, I think, you know, he kind of lives a kind of a boring life. So he's like, they're his reality TV, like... Oh, yeah. If I produce them correctly, will I get a rise out of them? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he loves a good reaction, especially if it's from Mrs. Bennett. Yeah, but I like Mrs. Bennett's response to that. And she said, I was sure you loved your girls too well to neglect such an acquaintance. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, you know, sort of true. <laughs> but he couldn't take it. He couldn't take the compliment. And he was like, he had to leave because he was fatigued from the raptures of his wife. <laughs> he set this whole thing up and then he's like okay that's enough i gotta go (laughs) (laughs) i just wanted the initial reaction (laughs) nothing more (laughs) exactly (laughs) anything else for chapter two um yeah just two more okay i thought it was really interesting when they talk about making extracts and i was like oh what's that and making extracts is basically like they they would go and buy like these blank notebooks that were really fancy, had a really great paper and then whatever. And it was almost like fancy journals that they would just like copy their favorite passages or their favorite poems out of books. And I feel like that's such a, like a Jane Austen kind of thing that I, <laughs> it felt like uh, a journal. <laughs> yes. I used to do the exact same thing in high school. I Ooh. feel like I, what other book was it? Maybe it was North Thing or Abby where they were talking about changing the spelling of their name. And I was like, oh, is that such a universal thing that people do that all the time? And mm-hmm. then um, this one also, that as well, is something that I used to do as young, which also proves everyone is so young. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then my last blurb, it was kind of about the the rituals of social introductions which i thought was really interesting because we kind of hear about these like oh you gotta go make yourself known and then he's gotta come over for dinner and then like it kind of explains the actual process of it and so it says that the established inhabitant who's mr bennett he makes his first overture to bingley's for a short visit and then bingley's expected to return the visit after that he then he could be asked to dinner Right, right, right. With the initial visits only being like super brief, like, hey, this is who I am. And yeah. bye. <laughs> and then he did come over, but he just met with Mr. Bennett and couldn't yes. see the girls. And then he was going to come to dinner, but he had to go to town to pick up Darcy and the yes. lot. The like 13 people he was going to bring who right. ended up being like <laughs> The four. rumor mill. And, <laughs> uh, what is their town? Mer- Meriton? Meriton? I think so. Meriton um, is like the town next door. I don't know if. Oh, uh, maybe not. They're cons- uh, well, we'll figure it out. We'll figure yeah, it we'll out. figure it out. Everyone's sometime. like yelling at us. <laughs> <laughs> also, I thought it was really funny. They said that Jane Austen was like such a stickler for these social like uh, introductions and how they go, and that like her niece Anna had sent her like a draft of a book, and she basically sent it back and was like, "You need to." fix these social standards because (laughs) (laughs) they're not right 
Huh. I wonder if people were changing though, and like Jane Austen just had this weird like old view school. of how it should be done. <laughs> yeah, probably. But it was really funny. Probably. She was like, "Story's great, but you gotta fix these parts." <laughs> <laughs> All right, chapter three. Everyone attends the Meryton Assembly, and the ladies finally meet Mr. Bingley and his party, including his sisters, Mr. Hurst, and Mr. Darcy. Hmm. Mr. Bingley favors Jane. Darcy is insulting and favored by no one. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't have worded it better myself. <laughs> it's an interesting exercise to try to wrap up everything that happens in a chapter. <laughs> I feel like this is such a copy and paste kind of scene into the adaptations because it's such a great introduction to Darcy. Except for it's almost all told like from a past tense. Yeah, like someone's It's like, like it's already gossiping. happened and we're like, okay, and now let us tell you about what happened at the marriage assembly a little bit, you know? Yeah. It's... It almost feels like this book is like almost like a game of telephone where it's like <laughs> everyone's just gossiping about what's happened. <laughs> yeah. I well, I don't know if it's going to continue that way. I feel like at the beginning mm-hmm. it's very much like that, but like Almost it like kind of starts to like move into the present more <laughs> as you go along, or it seems like it has so far. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So, but basically, it starts off with like them telling Mr. Bennett about what happened at the par- at the ball or party ball. I don't know if it's a ball, but mm. or no, no, no. It starts off with them trying to figure out about Mr. Bingley. That's right. Yes. Yeah. They're the. It starts with them being like, he came to see Mr. Bennett and. He, we could see him oh, through the window yeah, leaving. Yeah. We could see his yes, coat yes, is yes, blue. Yes, yes, yes. I was thinking that was the last chapter. Mr. Luke, Mrs. Lucas basically kind of tells them <laughs> about Mr. Bingley because she's <laughs> the only one who talks to them who's really met him. Right. Yeah, so that's when he comes to visit. And then he can't go to dinner because he has to go to the large party. We already kind of talked about that. Mm-hmm. Okay, then we catch straight to the party. And there's actually, I was also noticing that there's not a lot of the indirect narrator at this part, even though, mm-hmm. which we have, have had a lot of in the past. Okay, so Darcy, of course, when he walks in, gets the most attention for being tall and rich <laughs> at first. <laughs> but he's soon discovered to be proud and above his company and above being pleased. and it's definitely implied in the book that everyone at the ball feels this way yeah which is like so interesting to think like you're putting off those vibes so strongly that you don't talk (laughs) to anyone and everyone's like i know everything about him he's horrible (laughs) what a snob he thinks he's so much better than us he just stands there and doesn't talk to anybody (laughs) but i wonder how much of like how much elizabeth really influenced everyone's opinion by her like oh oh you're gonna insult me well i'm gonna make fun of you to your face (laughs) (laughs) and to everyone around you (laughs) oh yeah i mean there's a couple blurbs in my book where basically they're talking about like the idea of like local gossip and how this book is like a clear illustration that Mm. you know nine times out of ten it's wrong greatly exaggerated and basically the Austin's introduction of Darcy in that way and that everyone feels that way is sort of to let the reader know like hey don't believe everything you're hearing yeah 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 but on on the other hand Bingley mm-hmm. quickly acquaints himself with everyone in the room <laughs> it's <a> part <laughs> Mr. Darcy is like I don't want to be introduced to anyone not in my party don't even talk to me <laughs> <laughs> Every, well, Mr. Bingley, of course, and Darcy agrees that Jane is the most beautiful woman in the room. Mm-hmm. And we haven't even barely met Jane at all. <laughs> <laughs> no. All we know is she's it. pretty so far. Yeah. yeah, she's the prettiest. <laughs> oh, uh, Darcy is pretty rude right off the bat with Elizabeth, though, because like it makes a specific point that he meets her eye before he's like, she's not t- handsome enough to tempt me. Mm-hmm. So I'm like you see her looking at you and you're speaking in a way that she can hear you. That's just the rudest thing I've ever heard. Oh yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, he, uh, he must've known she could hear him. Yeah. I feel like it's such a defense mechanism kind of thing where he's just like, well, before I'm even rejected, I'm going to let her know. (laughs) Right. You can't reject me because I'm rejecting you first. It makes me wonder, like, is that part of why he does fall for her? Because he feels bad about that. And so 
looks at her again, you know, like, is like, oh, you know, I shouldn't have been so rude <laughs> to that woman <laughs> who I don't know at all. Maybe I should, you know, at least give her another glance. <laughs> right. Well, I my book goes into like this about that whole conversation and how, you know, Darcy is very much like the Bingley sisters where they're kind of like rude in the most polite way. And the book says like, oh, like he's not addressing Elizabeth directly, um, but he probably knows that she can overhear him. But in reality, she probably, you know, etiquette wise, she shouldn't be listening into conversations that are not <laughs> addressed to her. So technically True, he didn't but you make bre- eye contact with someone <laughs> right but technically he didn't break any etiquette rules which is probably how he's justifying it to himself right right, right. <laughs> but you're still a dick <laughs> yeah elizabeth is left with no very cordial feelings towards him and proceeds to make fun <laughs> of him to all her friends because she delights in anything ridiculous so you know i do love that about her she's like Me oh too. well i will just you know, in that way of teenage girls make you feel very small by laughing at you. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's very, very good. She's definitely like, you know, the quote unquote mean girls at school. She's going to be the leader. Yeah. And despite Mrs. Bennett not being Elizabeth's favorite or Elizabeth not being her favorite, she's still very offended on her behalf. <laughs> definitely. That's my daughter. How dare you? Exactly. Let's see. I also wrote down... Okay, so they go home. They all had a fabulous time. Jane was very distinguished. Mary heard herself described as the most accomplished girl in the neighborhood, and so was very happy. <laughs> Lydia and Kitty had partners for every dance, and that was all they learned to care for at a ball. <laughs> I was like, ooh, dig <laughs> by Jane Austen. <laughs> <laughs> but it is funny because Mr. Bennett had waited up for them because he wanted to know all the details until mm-hmm. they started to describe people's clothes. And then he was like, nope, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted the gossip. I didn't want specifics. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's so interesting, especially in these chapters, like how obsessed the English were at this time with the French. <laughs> There's like so much imported stuff, like the the dance called the boulanger, uh-huh. which means like you know it's French baker. And then there's like the whole like idea of French cuisine being like very much a part of higher society and knowing French yeah. cuisine and knowing the French language. And the French and the English are obsessed with each other and have been throughout all of history, from what I can tell. Of course. <laughs> well, you know. They're in, in some ways, they're two sides of the same coin. (laughs) (laughs) Two sides of the same channel. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Should we do chapter four or you got more for chapter three? Nope. I'm good. Okay, go ahead. All right. So for this chapter, I wrote the two parties, Lizzie and Jane and Darcy and Bingley, talk about their new acquaintances and their first impressions. Oh, yes. We finally get some sister bonding time. We finally get to meet these women. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I love how playful their uh, conversation is with each other. Like, I have always, I mean, Jane Austen definitely does sister, like sister relationships perfectly. And I'm glad that this kind of lived up to the idea that the adaptations give. Yes. And they're very candid, you know, like mm-hmm. Jane is talking about how like she really liked Bingley, but she didn't really want to praise him in front of everyone. Mm-hmm. But she does really like him and she never mentions how handsome he was. <laughs> <laughs> but Elizabeth is like, but he's also handsome and his character <laughs> is thereby complete. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, he's not rude. He's good to look at. What more do you want? <laughs> what did I write? Elizabeth says, always take Jane by surprise, but never her. Not sure if she's talking about compliments to Jane or herself. Yes. I think she was kind of talk because like jane is very much like you know it's not like her doing it purposefully but she's one of these people who is like so gorgeous so beautiful so good at everything and then Uh the minute you pay them a compliment they're like wait me are you talking about me (laughs) like you're crazy and it's like shut up (laughs) we can all see reality (laughs) literally that's what everyone has said about you your entire life (laughs) right (laughs) you were raised to be this way 
<laughs> but it's really fun the way like Jane, like the way Elizabeth talks to her about like how she likes everyone mm-hmm. and she's never heard Jane speak ill of another human being in her life, which says a lot considering how yeah. candid they are with each other. She's just such a yeah sweetie. And Definitely. Elizabeth's like an old man in a young girl's body. <laughs> <laughs> very curmudgeonly (laughs) i felt a lot of kidship with elizabeth in this part because i was like i would totally be the elizabeth i'd be like everyone's horrible you need to not trust anyone you never know what's bubbling underneath the surface exactly (laughs) protect this wonderful woman at all costs exactly (laughs) um oh i did write down the because i was we were reading the part about how basically like Caroline Bingley had to come to keep the house and the idea of like keeping a house, like managing it was, I was so interested in like, you know, I never really noticed that like the men don't live on their own. They always have someone managing the house. Uh So uh, basically it was like a primary function of upper-class women and even like single men had like female relatives live with them. Mm -hmm. And like Arthur and his sister. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, you know, it says like such an arrangement would also serve the woman's interests for it was considered very improper for young unmarried women like B- Miss Bingley to live alone. So it kind of was yeah. like a quid pro quo. And no one could afford to let them live alone. <laughs> right. Yeah. But that was so interesting. I never like thought about that. I never made the connection that there were no like men living on their own if you were that yeah. rich. Yeah. I also thought it was really interesting to find out that the Bingleys had actually their fortune had come through trade mm-hmm. and it's just funny how this his sisters never seem to remember that when they are making fun of, of everyone else not. for having family in trade <laughs> <laughs> of course not if you can bury that fact deep enough in your family history then it doesn't exist <laughs> <laughs> yeah one whole generation back <laughs> it's so funny to look at the you know new money versus old money and it's like it's all money <laughs> i don't um, want to hear about rich people fighting with rich people yeah uh, bingley like got netherfield on an impulse buy basically <laughs> <laughs> yeah took a quick tour i was like mm, this will do i'll take it also it's interesting since this chapter starts with like the viewpoint of the sisters but um mm-hmm. it ends with like the narrator basically really describing darcy and bingley and we find out that Darcy likes Bingley because he's so easy and open and Bingley likes looks up to Darcy and thinks of him as more clever than him and relies on his mm-hmm. judgment. So it's really an interesting... They're very much like Jane and Elizabeth in certain ways. Yeah, yeah. If It was almost like just if the ages were switched for the Bennets that it would be like the exact same kind of setup. Like, yeah. Darcy is, like, his older brother. Well, like, Darcy and Elizabeth are both both smart and judgmental. And mm-hmm. <laughs> Bingley and Jane <laughs> are both nice and impulsive. <laughs> They're both Labrador retrievers. Yes. <laughs> Golden retrievers, actually, if I should say. Uh, yeah. And I think it is a testament to Jane that she even went over Bingley's sisters. Because mm-hmm. even they like her and think that she's sweet. And honestly, I wonder, I wonder if they would have liked Elizabeth as well if it hadn't been for Darcy suddenly noticing Elizabeth and Mm -hmm. being attracted to her. (laughs) I, I, yeah, I want to say yes, just because I feel like they would appreciate her, like, wit and Yeah, they could all talk shit together. (laughs) Exactly. They would be like, oh, like, you're fun. But of course, (laughs) you know, the minute that someone they like notices her... We right. hate you so much. Of course. <laughs> of course. Plus the way it happens, which I don't know if it's the next chapter, but it just like so hits her by surprise. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, she was right. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Did you have more for chapter four? Um, oh, I think one interesting fact I found was that the like when you became of age, like legally an adult back then, it was 21. So uh-huh. Bingley was freshly an adult. He's like 22. He's <gasps> <Children>. a baby. They're <laughs> <laughs> all such babies. But it's like interesting to think about like, you know, not necessarily that like 21 year olds nowadays are, you know, adult adults, but like it is like, oh, even though they are like, you know, 19 through 20, whatever, they still do. It makes sense that they act like kids because that's their societal yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. 
exactly. Okay, chapter five. <laughs> the Bennett girls and the Lucases regroup to talk over the ball. Everyone agrees Bingley liked Jane best and mull over the nature <laughs> of Darcy and his poor behavior. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a pretty short chapter. <laughs> it is. We learned a little bit about Sir Lucas and how he got his sir. Basically, mm-hmm. he was giving an address. He was the mayor and he was giving an address to the king. And because of, I guess, he heard it or got back to him, he turned him into a sir and it kind of went to his head. Mm-hmm. But not in like a way that he became snobby. It just in a way that he was like, oh, well, now that I'm a gentleman, I better get a house and retire. <laughs> <laughs> but it just made him more magnanimous to everyone. So, you know, Sir Lucas is a good guy. Mm-hmm. And I guess everybody goes to their house, like Darcy and Bingley and all of them, because they're all there. Because Darcy sat by Mrs. Long for half an hour without opening his lips. Oh no, no, they're talking about the they're talking about the ball. That's right. Yes, <laughs> where he sat next to her and was like, "You don't exist to me." <laughs> and then she was like, "Um, let me make you talk." And then he was like, "Okay, goodbye." <laughs> <laughs> I've got to go. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, Elizabeth is very self-aware, and she says, "I could easily forgive his pride if he had not mortified mine." <laughs> <laughs> and miss lucas thinks darcy is right to be proud and actually i think this is a really interesting chapter be- at the end because mary makes some interesting points on pride versus vanity and like mm-hmm. pride relates more to our opinion of ourselves while vanity is more of what we would have others think of us yeah and then like the youngest lucas boy is all like well if i was rich as mr darcy i would keep a pack of foxhounds and drink a bottle of booze every day <laughs> <laughs> If I had all the money in the world, I'd have candy for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, <laughs> and soda only. <laughs> yeah. And Mrs. Bennett has a little fight with him, like, oh, well, I would take that ball away from you, which made me go, you are still a child. <laughs> You're fighting yes. with, like, 11-year-old. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's not what I would do with the money, so I must fight you. <laughs> oh, something I wrote down was uh, my book goes into, like, Jane's defense of Darcy and how uh-huh. it kind of singles, like, oh, yeah, like, hey, this is the narrator letting you know, like, all this town gossip might not be correct mm. because she gives the whole, like, his discomfort with strangers as uh, maybe an, what the word I'm looking for, as, like, a reason for why he's so rude. And maybe yeah. to, like, give him a break, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, yeah. he uh, was rude to Elizabeth, so she <laughs> must put an X on him for the rest of her life. <laughs> well, because they're also meeting up a couple times. It implies, I think in the next chapter that her well whichever chapter she's talking to charlotte that they mm-hmm. you know had a cup like two or three maybe four different dinners together mm-hmm. because i, I don't know maybe i shouldn't get too far ahead of myself but she does say to charlotte at some point like oh well four dinners she pro- she couldn't possibly know that much about them and i'm like i mean four dates i've seen people like get married <laughs> off of less than that. right <laughs> nowadays and you know, <laughs> You know, those dinners, you know, as long as they're not like those insanely long tables, like they can be pretty intimate. You can kind of really get to see people and totally. hear their true feeling. Should we do chapter six or do you have more? Yes. Okay. I am ready for chapter six. All right. So chapter six, Charlotte brings Lizzie back to reality as Lizzie mm. tries to figure out what Darcy's deal is with her. <laughs> and I really love this chapter especially like in the adaptations like i love charlotte charlotte's probably like one of my favorite side characters in all the books yeah just because she's like you know she's like the perfect like best friend she's like lizzie listen (laughs) i know (laughs) what you're thinking will probably mostly be true but look at the world we live in we need money yeah we need to be safe yeah i should feel like she's like the only one who's realistic yes yeah (laughs) she's like the only one who's like you know taking maybe personal interest in things but is also like you know we need to be realistic about what's going on otherwise you're gonna be you know yeah an old well and she's a little bit older than everybody else too Mm -hmm. i mean the girls wise and she obviously knows how precarious her position is and like i mean she's taken care of because she's got great parents but she doesn't want to be a burden on them and so like right yeah yeah i think i and like the more and more I read these chapters, the more I relate to Lizzie because I feel like the because she's so mature and 
has these more mature thought process. She always looks to, like for people older than her to be friends uh-huh. with. And, you know, I was the same way. And I feel like I've had plenty of uh, realization like this one where it's like, <laughs> Uh, good ideas but let's also factor in the real world too yeah yeah so i at the beginning of this chapter the bingley sisters do seem to want to hang out with jane and elizabeth which also makes me think that Mm -hmm. if it hadn't been for what base i think it's in this chapter actually that um let's see which i write it down oh yeah at the end of this chapter darcy tells caroline you know that He's like, oh, I'm taken by a pair of eyes. And she's like, mm-hmm. oh, blink, blink, blink. Whose eyes are those? <laughs> and he's like, Elizabeth. And she, having thought that Elizabeth was not competition for her because mm-hmm. he'd already said he didn't like her. And now suddenly right. she's like, wait. <laughs> I could see the scene in my head of her holding a glass and just squeezing it until it shatters in her hand. Yeah. <laughs> After he tells her, she basically, like, insults Elizabeth and her family for the rest of the evening. So, like, Mm -hmm. that is really not good for her. No. Yeah, this is also where, like, Mr. Lucas or Sir Lucas is like, oh, Darcy, why don't you dance with um, Mm -hmm. Elizabeth? And he's like, okay, I will. And she's like, no, I don't want to dance at this party. I was just about to say, uh, (laughs) I wrote down kind of, there was a little blurb about like etiquette when dancing uh-huh. and how like, and it's like such a, like when you think about the rule today, it's like so dumb, but that women could only, dec- they either could decline to dance at all or they had, they couldn't just be like, I don't want to dance with him. It's either all uh-huh. or nothing. If you're not going to dance mm-hmm. with him, you're not dancing anymore, which is so crazy. <laughs> yeah. And I think it, and especially because like Elizabeth's so outwardly, a lover of dancing the fact that she is like not with you darcy i guess i won't dance anymore it's like yeah. a you know a real jab a real insult. well and i believe this is oh yeah this is also the chapter where charlotte says you know jane needs to put herself out there if she wants bingley to mm-hmm. know that she likes him which is you know honestly great advice because yeah. people are so wrapped up in their own feelings they're it's very easy for people to convince themselves that the other person doesn't like them. And yeah. also this is the chapter where Elizabeth and I guess Charlotte realize that Darcy is becoming obsessed with Elizabeth and is constantly staring <laughs> at her and listening to her conversations. And she's like, Hey, you like what I'm saying? Mr. Eavesdropper over there. She's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, I do. I like what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, well, I'm going to talk shit about you now. So you can hear <laughs> And um, she, uh, Jane Austen uses the words pride and vanity a lot so far mm-hmm. in the book, which makes me wonder, should it have been pride and vanity? <laughs> it doesn't have the same ring to it. Well, I feel like if uh, she was typing this up on a laptop, Mary's earlier conversation about pride and vanity would have been like bold, italicized, underlined, like remember <laughs> this throughout the book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mary makes them all listen to a long concerto. Before she's forced to play dance music. <laughs> <laughs> uh, such middle child tendencies. Let me try to impress everyone, but it's not what yeah. everyone wants. <laughs> <laughs> Should I do chapter seven? Yeah, let's get it. Okay. <laughs> this is a little longer that I wrote. Okay. We <laughs> learn about Mrs. Bennett's sisters, that the mm-hmm. militia has arrived, that Kitty and Lydia are obsessed with them. Oh, and that <laughs> Kitty and Lydia are obsessed with them. Then Jane gets an invitation to breakfast with the Bingley sisters, is obliged to go by horseback, falls <laughs> ill, and has to stay. <laughs> Elizabeth walks three miles to get there and is actually impressed by the Bingley girls' concern and is asked to stay and care for Jane. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I This chapter and the next one had me wondering, very similarly to your wonder if they would have liked Lizzie had they not known about Darcy's affections for her. If, like, Lizzie had not shown up so, like, disheveled and doing all this, would Jane and the Bingley sisters have grown, like, closer? Would it kind of sort of early on solidified her and Bingley's relationship? I did mm. kind of wonder about if that. If Elizabeth hadn't showed up at all? Yeah, because she was shocked to see how, like, worried and concerned they were about Jane. And, I mean, they knew what what Mrs. Bennett's deal was with sending her a horseback, but, you know, they still liked Jane a lot. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of feel like they would have just ignored her a lot. 
and Bingley would have felt Very too embarrassed or like too like maybe it would have been unproprietous for him to spend too much time with Jane. And so I almost feel like Elizabeth yeah. maybe gives him the opportunity to talk about her more and That's ask true. about her more. I don't know. That's maybe if the whole Mr. Darcy liking Elizabeth thing had never happened, it would have been different. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, they probably would have been like, you know, oh, Lizzie's here. Let's have fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do notice that Kitty is being called Catherine by Jane Austen. Mm-hmm. And the only people who call her Kitty are her family. Yes. I, uh, <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, who's Catherine? <laughs> and I was like, oh, wait, it's Kitty. I did read yeah. it. Somewhere in my book said that, like, uh, it relates to, I think later on, I think it's the next chapter where the Bingley sisters are calling Lizzie Eliza and how that's basically like they're being rude on purpose because you're not supposed to have nicknames unless you're very close to the person. And maybe yeah. Janison's like, I don't know, Catherine. Yeah. They, they well, may call they're her They're the kidding. only ones who say Eliza. It's like, ugh, right. someone calls me Lizzie, not Eliza. Exactly. <laughs> rude. Yeah. We also get a surprising amount of darcy's thoughts just in general you know you Mm -hmm. kind of expect to not know what darcy's thinking the whole time but you really do (laughs) yeah i really like Like, it though he's very impressed with elizabeth the fact that she can walk there he thinks she looks better through all the exertion Mm -hmm. i did notice that the horses that jane is obliged to take you know, there is, there's the whole thing like, oh, this is all set up by Mrs. Bennett, but actually the horses were in the field. So mm-hmm. it would have been kind of a pain in the butt to get the carriage and all that oh, stuff. for sure. <laughs> yeah. It's more of like, uh, they're more like suspicious. Like uh, she probably sent her just so she would get sick and stay, not realizing that that's probably actually what happened. <laughs> yeah. And Elizabeth is kind of projecting because I mean, the like mm-hmm. everyone greets her very politely. So the fact that she's like, they all think I'm horrible. It's like, well, I mean, you might be just assuming that. (laughs) Well, also, it's is it that, you know, oh, they all think I'm horrible or I'm going to act in a way that helps them think that way. (laughs) That's true. That's true. The fact that she was like, I'm walking through mud. I don't care what they say about me. And then she gets there and she's like. Ugh, why are they why are they saying things about me yeah <laughs> and at the end of the chapter there they express concern for jade and, and she's like maybe i have been misjudging them maybe they are cool <laughs> <laughs> yes maybe they like jane actually like i do <laughs> but jane was very glad that she came because she does seem like she's actually pretty sick and she wanted yeah. to come but she didn't want to impose upon them. So yeah, I was, I mean, I feel like the adaptations do a good job of letting us know how sick she gets, but I feel like the book basically makes it like she was sick for days. She couldn't walk. She, she needed to be attended <laughs> to. And the fact that in the next chapter, Mrs. Bennett is like comes and sees her. And she's like, she's fine. <laughs> it just <laughs> makes me laugh. Yeah. Well, they did have to call the doctor a couple times. So yeah, I guess she yeah. was pretty sick. It did kind of give the, implication that she was much more ill than (laughs) mrs bennett planned (laughs) do you have anything else from chapter seven i don't think so we can go on chapter go ahead chapter eight (laughs) jane recovers from her nasty cold while lizzie does the unthinkable walks alone lizzie (laughs) enters the lion's den and tries to survive oh i like that description (laughs) (laughs) she's really in the thick of uh the, uh, the war of words between the Bigley sisters and her. Yeah. Yeah, we like left the last chapter, Elizabeth being like, maybe I misjudged them. And then they're like, we're so concerned. And then show very little concern after that. And she's like, no, I was right. I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> it says, and then thought um, uh, their indifference towards Jane when not immediately before them restored Elizabeth to the enjoyment of all her former dislike. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I feel like she this prefers chapter... not to like them. <laughs> oh, for sure. This chapter really, like, to me, pointed out the sort of, I guess, whatever you would call this form of naivete. Like, Jane has the naivete where she really believes everyone's good and is like tries to see the good in them. Where, you know, Lizzie is like, you know, you can't trust anyone, and base, <laughs> but she like searches for the things to like support her views. Yeah. She doesn't like ever think twice on what her views on people are yeah like up until this point you could kind of 
maybe say, well, I don't know if they're that bad, you know, even mm-hmm. though Caroline does badmouth Elizabeth, but she has, you know, personal reasons for feeling that way. But like in this chapter, we finally like really see like as soon as Elizabeth walks out of the room, they're just <laughs> rude. They start badmouthing her. Eliza, Eliza. It's funny, though, because they say the same things about Elizabeth that Elizabeth has said about Darcy. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> her and Darcy. It's all about the pride. <laughs> exactly. They're both the same, if you ask me. <laughs> That's why they yeah. butt heads so hard at first. <laughs> yeah. And Bingley is, like, just over his sister's rudeness, which I think is just mm. funny to watch, you know, like, the contrast between Elizabeth being embarrassed by her mother and Bingley being embarrassed by his sisters. <laughs> he's like, I don't care if they have uncles to fill all of Cheapside. Not, that would not make them any less agreeable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I did read a little bit about Cheapside, and the book was like, I mean, she probably used cheap side just because it has the word cheap in it, but it was kind <laughs> of like the center of commerce in London. So it uh-huh. was like a lot of like tradesmen would live there who, you know, would make yeah, money. It wasn't like probably a... where your grandpa got his money. too. <laughs> exactly. Everyone is somehow forgetting where it came from. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, um, I was sorry. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was also going to say it's interesting when Elizabeth comes back down to play or, you know, to hang out for the evening mm-hmm. or whatever. And she decides not to play cards, not because she doesn't like playing cards, but because she thinks they're betting too much money and she mm. wouldn't be able to afford it. So I think that's Oof. interesting. They never make that distinction in, in, in any of the adaptations. Yeah. I never, I didn't even catch that. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I don't have that much money. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I think they're probably playing with too high a stakes, especially when Mr. Hurst is involved. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, I found this really cool note about food. I couldn't resist a good food note. <laughs> about it's uh specifically about ragu, which is it's R A G O U T, which is like a it's meat in a highly seasoned stew. It's very French. And it kind of really gave us a look into like how obsessed with French cooking the rich Mm -hmm. were and how they all knew like the French dishes and were used to eating these like really lavish kind of things. And what I thought was really cool was that the note also like, which I didn't realize this before, let us know that like rich people, basically they were like, uh, they brought out like five like sample dishes and they were like, here, you can have any one of these you want. Which one do you want? (laughs) Rather than like, you know, normal and poor people who were like, this is what we're having for dinner. <laughs> You're right. going to eat it or not. <laughs> right. Well, and Which... they also were probably more likely to have cooks. Yeah. Who would be making the food. Exactly. And it kind of really probably also made Elizabeth a little bit more uh, insecure because she wasn't familiar with these. And they were True. like, you don't have a taste for ragu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bingley is all like, let me do anything to help you let me get you a book i'll get you any book for the library she's like i'll take any book that's in this room you don't have to leave the room I promise. Right. and um she's just she's like so in like it's so funny because darcy in the previous chapter she's like why are you always listening to me and she's just so into listening to their conversation that she barely even looks at her book <laughs> and they're talking about pemberley and of course it's interesting that like that's kind of much later on like kind of one of her turning points mm-hmm. so the fact that she's most interested in their conversation when they're talking about it is just interesting to me oh yeah and this is where they have the whole accomplished women you know. oh that great uh back and forth i love that one too yeah and it's just the nerve of caroline to be like elizabeth is one of those women who denigrates her own sex and it's like oh. you were the one who said nobody is accomplished <laughs> right well it's like you know it's her just kind of, you know, being a bitch <laughs> and knowingly kind of putting down Elizabeth when Elizabeth was making a very feminist great point. And yeah. she, I feel like she knows and she's just being rude so that she can devalue Darcy's opinion of Elizabeth. But Darcy yeah. is too smart. Yeah. She, she's just so transparent. <laughs> yeah. That's what was so interesting, especially in this section where you're just like, girl like i feel like everyone understood what she was saying <laughs> <I know. laughs> you're just being rude uh uh oh i wrote down this little blurb that apparently the um 
it's more so like the rich people and the people with money who could travel but everyone was kind of in this time period obsessed with like urban living and everyone wanted to live in the cities the country was like not where you should be but obviously keep a house there so you can kind of show it off (laughs) right Um, your vacation house exactly which i felt was like so so pandemic of everyone (laughs) like pre-pandemic everyone was like living in the cities and then once it hit like New York was like abandoned by everyone for yeah. money. Well, and I mean, they had pandemics, plenty of pandemics going on back then. So oh, I'm yeah. sure. Same thing. I mean, happened. they might not have been as smart about how the, the diseases were spread, but. Right. They at least were like, let's just go to our country house to stay safe. Yeah. Not everyone had a country house. <laughs> Chapter nine. Let's do it. Okay. Jane is getting slowly better. Mrs. Bennett brings Kitty and Lydia to visit and proceeds to be embarrassing to Elizabeth. Lydia forces a promise for a ball. (laughs) There's one thing Lydia will do. (laughs) Mary gets left at home, which Mm -hmm. maybe she prefers. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I could totally see her being like, I'd rather practice my piano. (laughs) Leave me alone. I gotta get better. Elizabeth does kind of embarrass her mother as well because she like teases Bingley that his character is more simple and easy to understand mm-hmm. and mrs bennett is like elizabeth <laughs> don't make fun of <laughs> mr bigley <laughs> it's only because they've been you know they've made kind of a relationship over these past few yeah. days but like it is kind of a little bit on the edge of insulting but mr bingley doesn't take it that way and she doesn't mean it that way but i could see how oh, mrs yeah. bennett's like so it's just funny everyone is so embarrassed for everyone else oh (laughs) (laughs) well you know mrs bennett is very much that like old guard where you kind of have to worship the rich people and kind of make them feel better at like no matter what and lizzie's like i know these people now (laughs) you haven't been here mrs bennett embarrasses elizabeth by assuming that darcy is being insulting when he's just maybe trying to flirt poorly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Elizabeth gets the most embarrassed when her mom starts talking about a man who once fell in love with Jane, even though it, oh, it's right. not really that embarrassing, but <laughs> uh, it just really bothers Elizabeth that her mom is telling the story. <laughs> <laughs> and she's kind of rude about Charlotte Lucas being plain, but not any ruder than the uh bingley girls are regularly (laughs) (laughs) and being and darcy actually like listens to and participates in the rude gossip when it's his friends but he's like super ready to judge mrs bennett for doing it of course because she's you know she's not an equal and she's so ridiculous to him she's so over the top and (laughs) <laughs> my book was like basically at any time that she would speak he would turn his back like very formally and it was like the more <laughs> gentleman way of saying to ridiculous people like you're ridiculous and i don't really care for you <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile bingley is like i'm embarrassed by all of my relations for exactly. being so <laughs> there's one point where she gets offended because they're like saying that the there's not as many people in the country. And she's like, we dine with four and 20 families. And like, everyone really wants to laugh. Even Bingley and um, Caroline and Darcy both kind of like <laughs> chuckle to each other. And I'm like <laughs> thinking to myself, 24 families is a ton of people to be regularly yeah. hanging out with y'all. How many people do they hang out with in London? Like hundreds. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if they're just like the, the scene in London is more like, uh, just insane, like giant balls where everyone's always there. There's like these I guess, super but long tables. Do you know tables. any of those people? No, I of mean... course not. <laughs> it's just really interesting to me because yeah. they're all like they they just all like almost want to break out into laughter as soon as she mm-hmm. says four and twenty families. And I'm thinking, God, twenty four. I mean, I would be the most popular person I knew if I hung out twenty four families on a regular basis. <laughs> I mean, That's a lot I guess of maybe people. if you go to church, maybe you got a lot of like Probably. that many families that you might hang out with, but not really. You know, like you just mm-hmm. see them at church. You don't like well go to I... dinner with them like every right well i wonder because i did read that like you know visiting and going out was kind or like doing dinners and stuff like that was sort of like just the norm back then it was almost expected 
And Mm -hmm. the way I'm thinking about it is like, oh, like think about like, you know, how many Facebook friends or Instagram followers you have that you like have met in real life. And it's like, oh, I mean, back then, if you just had met someone a couple of times, you're probably like, come over to dinner. We're having 30 people over. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like, I think we're distantly related. We better spend all our time together. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Got nothing else to do. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Well, I mean, we made it over an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we're leaving everyone embarrassed by their friends. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Everything is embarrassing is further you know, indication that these people are children and are not yeah, mature. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Jane is still sick, but she'll probably be rallying in the next chapter. So <laughs> yes, which <laughs> it's so funny that they're like, she's fine. And she's been sick for days. Like better. I know. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. But she does seem to be on the mend. Finally. Uh, Let's see. Thankfully. We are done for today um mm-hmm. next week we are doing chapters 10 through 17 all so righty join us for chapters 10 through 17 yes i am very excited to get more into this book yeah me too that was fun. <laughs> all righty well all right thank you so much for listening and we will see you guys next week good night bye if you'd like to get in contact with us, you can DM us on Instagram at Manners and Madness Pod, or you can DM us on Twitter at Manners Madness, or you could email us at Gmail using mannersmadness at gmail.com. And if you would like to leave a voice message on our website, you can at mannersmadness.com, and it's about a minute long. Yes. And we would absolutely love it if you would give us a rating and review on Apple or Spotify or the podcast app of your choice. It really means a lot to us and helps get more people to listen to the podcast. Also, we have a donate button, which is on our website, mannersmadness.com as well. (laughs) Absolutely. Any help is very much appreciated. Very much. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you next week. Good night. Bye.